For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they are free. Fisher, Disciples, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. We have a really cool guest today. Everyone knows his story. It's one of the best stories. Honest, it's probably one of the best stories in football of all time. Uh, one of the one of the best UCF players of all time on that UCF team that should have gotten Bama. I'm so pissed we never got that game. I'm so I we we should have gotten that game. We should have gotten that game. All-time UCF player, former NFL player, Emmy Award winner, inspiration award winner. We have Shaquem Griffin joining the boys, now motivational speaker. Uh which thing is most rewarding for you, man? Which title? Uh, I mean, it's, it's so many. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like it's a it's a phase. You know, you, you, you go through different walks of life, and, and I feel like the experiences is, is what's the best thing. And I feel like my – I would say right now, favorite was also uh, what got to be being with my brother. You know, being, mm-hmm. having an opportunity to, to have that 1% chance to say that you can, you know, get drafted with your brother or be on the same team or have that experience. I, I mean, it's second to none. And I feel like – you know, it just contributes to being able to still help people, still serve people and, you know, have that that positive energy to give to people and, and, and still bring them up. I do mean, you, it, it just go, it, it comes with it. Honestly. Yeah. Do you think there was points? I mean, because we you're y'all both y'all stories are so well documented because it, you're like you're saying it's such a rarity for two brothers to make it into the league, let alone two yeah. brothers to play together. Uh, do you think there were times where you were more happy for him and he was more happy for you than then you, like you were happy for yourself? I mean, of course. I mean, for me and my brother, we was always like the competitive. Everything is com- it's, it's me and him always going at it. And it's funny because we always celebrated each other. Mm-hmm. It was always something like that. And I tell you a story just to t- just to show you how competitive we were. It used to be times where we'll be walking to school and it's about two miles. We'll be on the sidewalk and, you know, you got the cracks in between each square. And as we walk in, you only get two steps in between each square or you got to stop and walk backwards. So imagine competing, walking to school. I'm talking about legs burning, <laughs> trying to see who's going to get there first. And then you get bragging rights. So it's always that, that, that competition, but you got, you get a chance to celebrate each other. And then we talking about being on a, be on the same team and, just experience the the levels that he was going on, going to the Pro Bowl, being being one of the top corners, and shoot, starting when he was a rookie, it's experience that you be able to share with him. That it, it it goes forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and what's it been like, you know, because you guys played college ball together, played the Seahawks together. Obviously, you're talking about you know walking to school together. Like <laughs> y'all have been 
and, and it's often the case like this with, with twins, right? It's like you, you grow up together. You do so many things together. What's it been like for the last yeah. two, three years, you know, forging your own path? Like how has that been an adjustment mm. for you? Um, and has that been like rewarding in a different way than it was when you and Shaquille were doing things together? I mean, I would say the transition component of it, especially coming from ball to getting into motivational speaking, getting into uh, being able to serve, you know, ex-players and present players when it comes to being a part of the Legends community, is you get a chance to become a, a, a fan of the game instead of just being strictly involved in it. And being able to see my brother still play, and now he's with the Texans, and, and they're having a, a good run right now. Yeah, I'm becoming a full fan of it and get ready. I get to see it from a different scope, you know, and I think that's the that's the the most positive beauty of it. I get to still see a, a piece of me there and still be able to handle my transition, still knowing what I'm going to get into and really believe that what I'm doing is the right thing. So mm -hmm. you, you got all these positive factors and it's just like it, it's amazing to see it from a different scope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, what's going on with the Texans? And your brother's team is is pretty remarkable. What's he What's he saying? What are you seeing about this team? And like, why is Why is everything clicking? We're huge D'Amico Ryan's fans, by the way. We think he's just nice. you know, nice. it's already like a lock for head coach of the year. We're thinking like he's he's really done such a masterful job in taking a team that many people thought were not going to be competitive, and they're winning. They're winning serious games. Like they beat the Jags in like a real important divisional game. They beat the Texans last weekend. Like, what are you seeing? Yeah. Um, with your brother there like that's working so well i think it's a it's an energy field type of uh type of thing going on right now where all they all believe in something and they really believe in that quarterback they really believe in him and i feel like once you have a, a team who's ready to give whatever it takes to, to be on the same page it's it's hard to beat that and i feel like they're clicking right now and even with the injuries like being able to still believe that they can get the job done like they're running to the ball and i'm telling you when you got a team that's running to the ball like that it's it's a, a hat on a hat is one player you see the five of them over there it's because they really want to do it you know you you our coaches always say you can't you can't teach effort that's a want to and you can tell from the energy on that field that they want to make plays they want to make tackles they want to celebrate each other because it, it's the energy on the field and being able to have conversations with my brother and actually talk about it, I can feel the energy and aura come from him. Was like it just feel good to be out there, and just like how do we feel this good next week? How do we mm. keep this feeling the, the other week? And it's just like was everybody bought into it? It's just like hey, there's no going backwards. And yeah, believing it, it it's all cylinders going. It's crazy because it's like such like a good mix. Like we like the quarterbacks young, some of the receivers yeah. are young, but then you have like. Like Laramie Tunsil's been there for a bit. Your brother is like your brother is like a vet, like a young vet kind of on this team. Like y'all, he's not yeah. old. Like he's not an old player. Yeah. What is he? Twenty twenty eight. Like he's young. Twenty eight. He's still he's still like a vet on this team with a bunch of young studs. And like Stingley Junior. Like Jalen Petrie is a guy that we know from Baylor. Like he's a really talented young kid. Like, and then you have a guy like Robert Woods. It's almost like the right group of veterans and a yeah. mix that have been around winning. Like when you guys were with the Seahawks, yeah. we call them, it's weird for me to call them the Seahawks. We call them the water Falcons on our show, but the Seahawks, uh, <laughs> the Seahawks, when you, when you guys are there, y'all were winning so much. I mean, what, what do you think maybe he took from that team? Like, why 
are the why is Pete Carroll and the Seahawks always in contention, always winning? Even last year, when so many people thought they were like left for dead, kind of like when Russell Wilson's gone, they have Geno Smith. Like nobody thinks they're going to be a really good football team. Yeah. Yet there they are in the playoffs. Yet here we are again, and they're like going toe to toe with the Bengals. The the Lions' only losses to them. Like what makes that organization click so much? Um, I feel like the best answer for that is everybody bought in. I feel like when it comes to Pete Carroll, the way he he ran he run the organization, it's just how do I get my players wanting to be here? How do I get my players wanting to buy into something and believe in something to say that we can go far? And I feel like being able to be a part of a standard like that, it carries with you. It's like I see what believing in everybody being bought in and everybody being on the same page when you got the offense, defense, special team, you always put emphasis on it because everybody hitting on all cylinders, believing in something. But then no team can beat us but ourselves. So when you take that type of energy and you add it into a, a, a whole new aspect, you add it to a whole new culture, now you're creating something new where it's like, I see if everybody bought in what it can do for us and what it can feel like to start winning on road games or at home games. If everybody buying in and everybody hitting on all cylinders, everybody saying, you know what, on this rep, I'm going to win. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to let it be me. Mm. And imagine everybody being on that type of aura, that type of same page, and you adding it to the defense with everybody running to the ball because everybody's buying into it. Yeah. And being able to have young guys to learn from the best, I'm, we telling you what it looks like. Well, it's up to you to believe it. Yeah. It's, it's You know what? You're one of the – I'm not going to say you're the only guy, but you're one of the only guys that really talks about like the energy. Like there's so many people that are talking about X's and O's. Like this coach is successful because he draws up the plays, he tunes up the plays. But do you really feel and like in your entire football experience, high school, college, uh, and now and even in the pros, do you feel like having a guy like with that type of energy, like you could really read that and it really changes a room that much? Like versus just like, all right, this guy dials up a great play game plan. You know, he has great plays. He's got good things in his back pocket. Like, do you think the leader? of the head coach is almost just being as important is just as important as a guy that can call good plays. No, hundred percent. I feel like the energy plays the one of the most important parts because to play football, to, to take these hits, to give these hits, to stay dialed in basically seven days out the week for a long period of time. It, it take it. You have to want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a want to, it's, I'm not forcing you to do this. It's a want to, and then when thing is, I always tell people, life going life with or without you. You know what I'm saying? It's stuff outside of them walls of football that still <laughs> plays a part. Like if you come in, your your car got towed away or somebody came and broke something in your house and then how would you feel? Let's be honest. Yeah. And yeah. then the thing is, have, having a, a positive coach and having somebody who, who's actually looking out for you, that will create the difference why now I want to do this for you. I want to do this because I know if like if I can feed off that energy when I know that coach can go, is going through something, when I know I have players around me who also going through stuff and they still bring the same juice, I'll feed off you until mine's wake up. I'll feed off that juice until, you know what, I'm feeling what you're giving right now. All right, let's go do this. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to rely on the guys around you. That's why a lot of coaches say is, is like, care about us in this room. We're going to fight for each other because you're going to have to, it's going to be times where you're going to be going through stuff where I got to feed off of Bobby, where I have to feed off of KJ. Whereas it's like, we all understand that outside of these walls, life's going to keep moving mm. no matter what happens. And we ain't got to, we don't got to bring up certain situations, but life happens for everybody. No one lives a perfect life. Let's, let's be honest. So being able to feed off them guys in that room to wake yours up to go play ball 
and then knowing a coach that you want to play for, like, I want to go do this. I want to make this tackle. And everybody buying into it, think about it. All mm-hmm. 11 guys, special teams, offense, defense, coaching staff, even the energy. You can, you can feel it from the workers, bro. I'm, I'm telling you. You can feel it from the workers inside the facility. Mm. That's why I like and that, and, and it. And it don't matter who there, but everybody feels it. That's why I like, you know, former players who become head coaches because they kind of understand, like, you know, your perspective and they understand what it's like to grind and kind of have that energy. So I'm not surprised. And that's why we're big stands on D'Amico Ryan's that he's been able to kind of turn this Texans organization around. I mean, he's a former player of the Texans. I mean, he's like in their ring of honor. So for him to come over and, you know, get crowned the head coach there, it's a big deal. And I'm, I'm sure your brother and, and his teammates are, are feeding off that energy that, you know, he probably bleeds, you know, red and blue for the Texans. They probably want him to yeah, succeed. Yeah. They probably want him to see. They probably know how much, like, based on what you're saying, Shaquem. Yeah, based on what you're saying, Shaquem. Like you, <laughs> it's it, it's it goes almost to the point of like when like an unfortunate tragedy, like you see an unfortunate tragedy happen to an athlete, and they go and have a great game. But based off what you're saying, it's like they're almost yes, they're you know maybe a little extra motivated, but their teammates around them, you know, if you have a good organization, your teammates around you know what's going on, and they try to elevate you to have the best possible moment and best possible game you have. And I think that's you know you're clearly seeing that with the Texans. Like you're saying, yeah, my brother's fully bought into this quarterback. Like and this kid's you know he's yeah he had a great college career, but he's you know quarterback six NFL games, right? So he's not like in the fact that they're fully bought into him is fantastic. And in, in, in the Seahawks situation, like everyone bought in on Gino. Like there was a, such like a ride for like, oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be, you know, go get another quarterback next year. We're going to go draft a kid. You know, Gino's just like a stopgap. But no, everybody like bought in on him and everyone buying in on him finally allowed him to be himself and like rise to the occasion. Like you, everyone always thought he was going to be good. He just never really yeah. fully had that opportunity to grow. So like they think that's, it's pretty interesting. I, speaking of a quarterback though, that's, maybe a little struggle bus right now was your quarterback when you were over in Seattle. What do you think's going on with Russ? I mean, he's playing better this year, but they're just been, they've just been very unsuccessful in Denver. Like what's changed and like, how does he get back on track? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I feel like Russ is at a, is at a place now where he really have to kind of reinvent himself. In, in, in a certain way for him to, to, to feel comfortable in that system, to feel comfortable in that, honestly, in the environment. You got you got to think about it, man. He, he, he's, his place was Seattle. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I can, I can kind of feel – because Russ is Russ, honestly, man. He, he, he's a playmaker, but I feel like, honestly, I always put back energy, man. I'm telling you, when you go to a place where you're not feeling the love and the atmosphere that you're used to, it's different, man. It's, it's, it's so much mentally that you you got to be able to muster up to kind of feel like, okay, how do I feel? How do I feel myself in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's different, man. You got to be able to, to – some people adapt fast and some people have to – it takes time to adapt to an environment where they're not used to. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm it, not saying I'm, – I'm not saying that he gets to the point where he, he's too old to play. I'm not I'm – I'm not saying that. Russ is a baller, and I feel like that 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 culture over there is, is it's a lot of building, a lot of reconstructing that they got to go through for it can be a a, a a comfortable space to ball in. 
I'm telling mm. you, man. We is it, think about it for generations. Think about it for generations. It's always when you see teams hitting on all cylinders, it's a different type of feeling in that locker room. When you see organizations take decades to win, you and you and you look at the past about what was the energy like in that in that time? What was did people care? We'll lose so much. Did they care to even win? There's so much that goes into it, but you can take, think about it. But think about the teams that win and think about the energy in their in they locker room. Think about the teams losing and thinking about the coaches. Think about, It's a whole organization with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think like, the one thing that <clears throat> fans quickly forget oftentimes is it takes time and consistent effort for people to, like, to build that connection and that rapport. Like, you look at a team like the 49ers, right? You look at a team uh, like the Eagles, like, 49ers, like George Kittle has been on that roster for a long time, right? Fred Warner has been on that roster for a long time. Shanahan has had his grips on the team for a long time. They have had more time to build that culture and figure out who their identity is. Russ, like you mentioned, like he had that with Seattle. Then he goes to Denver. They have a new head coach, Nate Hackett. Then he's gone after a year, right? Then Sean Payton comes in. Yeah, Sean Payton was in New Orleans for a long, long time. Like it's so new for both of these guys. Like the expectation that just because one guy is – a quarterback that is, you know, was a stud for Seattle is going to continue that play automatically just because he's in Denver and has a big contract. And the same thing with Sean Payton because he's a coach that's won a Super Bowl. Like it takes time. And especially you're talking about every single guy in the locker room, right? Like that's what you're talking about. Shakim is like this, this aura. It's not just one guy. Everybody walks into the building with something different in their personal life. that then has to be dealt with or forgotten. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. it's yeah, a conversation I mean, that, that's not much visited, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you talking about that because I think people people can think about it. Like fans can say, okay, I, you know, I and I walked into my job and like I didn't want to talk to this employee or like this person asked me and for something. And, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's the same thing for you guys. Like when you walk into a locker yeah. room, it's like your coach is saying you got to do X, Y, and Z. And like, yeah, the thing that you had to deal with, like you got to back burner that thing and play because that's your job. And I think we we get so entertained as fans by watching the sport that that human element often gets lost by the fans. And so the more these conversations happen, like the more people like our listeners yeah. can get reminded of like, yeah, we're all people, 100%. right? Like you guys are, when you're out there, like it doesn't mean you're not thinking about that thing that just happened in your, in your life. Um, but yeah, hopefully the, hopefully the Broncos can get back on track. I mean, like, I think it's good for football when, when Denver oh, yeah, is a I'm good team. Watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always watching. Like I, I, I mean, I want to see him win, because once it starts, then you're going to see the transition that you're going to have. You're going to see the environment start changing, and you're going mm-hmm. to you, you you start feeling the energy back. And then, I mean, honestly, I used to have I used to have times in Seattle where I used to really see Russ and and think about the things that he used to say where we was winning or we'll be down, and he'll be like, "Just believe, just believe." For you to want to feel that and say that to somebody, that means you. You believe it so much. It's like, I just got to get y'all to understand. Like, if you do it too, we can do this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned- I, I, I see, I've seen this all the time. Yeah. I mean, but you I mentioned like, that, that he, the Texans. He just says it. You mentioned yeah. that the Texans are so bought in on, on CJ Stroud, right? And, you know, obviously they draft him and they see who he is right off the bat. He's a rookie. You know, it's a, they're seeing the beginning of his career. Do you think there's an aspect of, of Russ being in Denver and people kind of already hearing, or knowing, you know, who he is and, and what he's done in Seattle and then taking a while to buy in, like maybe just not being completely sold on his personality right off the bat. You think that just takes time? 
I mean, I feel like all of that take time because, you know, it was a conversation about, you know, how they wanted things to be ran when Russ came. No matter if it's their own offense, no matter if it's parking spot. I don't I don't know who will have a certain even if it's not the players, but it can be the coaches. It can be anybody yeah. who can feel a certain way where just like I'm not too I'm not too sure about him yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's not predicated to one person, but it can be anybody. No one's gonna have to say it out loud to say I may feel the way. Mm-hmm. It don't have to be recorded to say I feel the way, but it's just like Everybody got had to get a feel for us, and Russ had to get a feel for the room, the locker room, the the whatever the case may be. And you can you can see the times even when Russ would bring the receivers out, like you can see that effort to I want to get to know my guys because it it, it makes sense to do so. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You want to I mean, try to create that culture, but if everybody not dialed into that culture, well, it's gonna take time to everybody get dialed into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I was trying to rack my brain. Like, I remember when Kurt I, – I completely forgot about Kurt Warner. Like, Kurt Warner was killing it for the Rams, and then he kind of fell off a little bit. The Giants didn't work out. He went to Arizona, and that wasn't working out. And then he kind of – like, a, a flip kind of switched, you know, and, and, and things started clicking for him again. You really saw his talent. Like, there obviously are so many flashes for a guy like that. So, yeah, I, I just think, you know, it, the human element is such a thing. I just, it also reminded me of in basketball, the Sacramento Kings were so bad for so long. And in this past yeah. season, what we saw they did with Light the Beam and completely changing that franchise and changing the vibe and the energy around them changed the culture. Changed the culture. There were a lot of similar teams, but they changed the culture. And they changed, like, you know what? Like, we're done being the little brother that the Los Angeles teams to the Golden State Warriors. Like, we are in California, too, and we want to be competitive. And we're going to bring something fun. Like, it had nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with the franchise. They just brought in something fun and something random, and it, and it, and it took off. And it gave them an identity. And it's like, okay, like, now we want to win so we could hit that button. Like, that's sick. Yeah. We want to be a part of that. Like, that motivates you. Like, kind of, like, going back to what you're saying, like, oh, you're the Texans. Like, we like this feeling of winning. We want to. Once, once you taste it, it's like, how do we feel that again? Mm-hmm. Like, how do how, we get what? that taste again? Like, we gotta, get, we gotta get exactly, exactly. You, your UCF exactly. team, like nobody. One thing that nobody talks about that 13-0 UCF team the year before. What were you guys like six and seven? Yeah. yeah. What changed for you? What changed there? Like, what was like the culture <laughs> shift for you? We bought in. <laughs> uh, I remember I remember going into camp and I, I wanted to set an example to let them know that how committed I am. I slept in the facility during the entire camp. <laughs> I was I, I slept in the uh in the meeting room. I used to make up in the middle of the night and go lift weights and everything. I used to have certain teammates come over, either talk about ball or to talk about life. Like I was starting to understand certain stuff because people seen why, what I was going through when it comes to overcoming certain things, when it comes to obstacles, when it comes to adversity, that they felt comfortable to have them conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me, me giving myself where it's like, if you want to go watch film, like I'll show you how. Like, we we can do it together. If you want to just come talk, like come chop it up. Like, I'm I got a blow up mattress with like one of them little comfortable, <laughs> one of them little foam little things to put on top of it with some pillows. Like I'm 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 kicked up. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the film until I fall asleep. Then the coaches that come in, I remember uh, Coach Rule used to come in and he uh, he'll wake me up. They, they get me started. He'll be setting up his room and I'll, all right, let's do it. Fold <laughs> yeah. all my stuff up, put it in the corner. You know what I'm saying? I was always that access where 
then when it comes to talking to him, when it comes to me sending the message, everybody believed in it. Whereas it's like, I know he's not lying. So it's like, well, I believe in that. And then no matter what, what was said, what we was doing, what was happening, everybody bought in, no matter what situation we was in. You kind of remind me a little bit hearing you talk of one of my favorite motivational speakers. Who do you, is there any motivational speakers you watched like before you really started transitioning into that role to kind of model your game after like, Oh, I like that. He does there. I like the way he talks there. I like his, me- like his messaging there. Um, I mean, I watched a, a lot of motivational speakers, but what I grew up off watching was uh, Eric Thomas. Yes. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. I grew Go. up, I grew up watching him and that's <laughs> the cool part. Like I, I have conversations with them now and you know, to be able to have a conversation with them now and then tell them that I'm transitioning to motivational speaking. Um, it's, it's crazy, man. It's like now I'm, I'm creating a, a new brother, a big brother, a vet that I get to learn from. And I, I remember just talking to his brother about, um, you know, it's like you guys are creating a new locker room. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, for, for guys, me coming, transitioning to wanting to speak and actually watching you growing up and then, to say to, to to hear him say, you know, I used to watch you, you know, and it's like I was a fan of you, like you know, uh, you know, being able to have conversation with the with the family and, and they watch you. It's just like it's it's crazy how everything kind of just unfolded like that, and it's it's been an amazing experience. Honestly, I can truly say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember something you said, like you know, about like sleeping there and like folding your stuff, and it's like meet me there, I'll be there. That just like I that gave me like a click of something I feel like I've heard him like kind of like it's something similar I've heard him say before in the past. I mean, he t- he the Buster Douglas story he tells is like the way he tells it, the story of the guy going you know meeting at the beach. Like he's got a, re- a bunch of really good stuff, and yeah, I, I'm glad that he's a guy that you you kind of modeled your game after in the motivational speaking world, so to speak. We always talk about guys that you model your game after in football, but it's it's cool to see you do that um, with him. Is in motivational speaking. Has there been like one or two people that you think you've really that have really changed you that you've hit home to? You know what I'm saying? Like you've hit home on them so much that they've changed you back. As far as like somebody I watch or just what no, someone like the... you speak to or like talk to or like a motivational speech that you've given, maybe one on one stuff. Like, is there someone that's like you've made such an impact on that, like almost in a way they've made an impact on you? I mean, honestly, every everyone be like that. <laughs> You know, every time I go speak, we always get to the point where we have a moment afterwards. It's like people starting to share their story. Mm. People starting to say, Man, when I heard this part, it, it, it made me think about this. And I feel like, yeah, I, I always tell people motivation is just a reminder of things that people need to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, if I don't know who, who circle is what, who got, you know, resources or what, but sometimes you need to hear certain things that, that makes you, reminds you of something that's, you know what, I need to get my get myself together and I, I say that because a lot of times people don't get a chance to, to really hear that so it's a vulnerable time it's a vulnerable thing where it, it takes to hear from my from from my hurt or things like traumas or whatever the case may be my experience is that I was going to overcome it but this is what it looks like if you don't know mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell you straightforward because it's just like I don't know what you've been through but I know you've been through something and I know that we can agree to that but I'm going to be honest with you. So it's always a vulnerable time to, to hear that story. And it's like, I always ask certain questions. Like, and thank you. That's how I get where I get more interactive. Where like, I want to, let, let's be honest. I'm going to be, I'm going to share myself with you. Let's all be honest in this room. This is a safe place. 
when I ask this question, raise your hand. Like, don't be afraid to because it's like, ain't that we all going to agree. And then like, now I'm going to tell you something that you can either choose to embrace or choose not to. Somebody may embrace it. And then they'll tell you the experience about it. It's just another reminder. That, may, that person may tell somebody else. Mm-hmm. But being able to know that we got shared experience that we don't often talk about, and then you put it in all in one room, a lot of people can learn something. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, you're an amazing athlete and, and, you know, you won the AAC Defensive Player of the Year and, you know, all, all the accolades in college and then making it to the NFL. But how much of the motivational speaking and kind of the rah-rah inside you do you think led you to be on the Seahawks, be at UCF, you know, like coaches wanted to bring you in just because of your personality? Yeah, I, I, I definitely I definitely understand that because – I feel like I did bring a juice and an energy in a, in a locker room that it's contagious. And that's a, and that's the thing that a lot of players use in the locker room, like the energy that's contagious, people can feed off of. And so if, if somebody, if somebody, you know, willing to give, you got some people who quiet, you got some people who just, you know, I, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, see you doing your thing and then I'd be right behind you with it. You got some people who going to be expressive. You got some people who going to lose by example and don't say nothing, but I'll just show you what it looked like. You got somebody who's going to voice, but I was trying to say, how can I put it all in one? How can I do it by example? How can I be the voice? And how can, how can I do all of it? I used to hear from a coach all the time about, you know, the more you can do, the better. And that, mm-hmm. and that stuck with me forever. And I was just like, I can do more. I can mm-hmm. do more. Seems like Sounds the baby's like- taking after Pops, you know? Motivational yeah. speaker over there. How, how, <laughs> how old's the baby? Five months. Damn, Five man. Months. Yeah. Is that your He's first one? My first my first one, yeah. How's that changed? How's that changed? He over, he, over, he over here kicking laughing at me right now. <laughs> oh, man, it, it's, it, it gave me it, it gave me a, a, a different perspective and push, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it feels good to wake up in the morning and see that, that little guy smiling at you, man. It just, it warms me up, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I feel like, you know, being in the, being young and playing ball and, being in in, in in the space where it's just like you involving in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now having a having a little boy, it gives me a chance to kind of slow down and you know, be able to be open to other stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's honestly it's I'm I'm expired. I'm expired all over again. And I think that's the most powerful energy anybody can have. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you I don't know if you've hit this yet because it's only been five months, and I'm sure like you're just sleep you're sleep deprived uh, a little bit here, <laughs> here and there. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Nick's got a dog, a puppy dog, and he's exhausted, so I can't. I'm sure you, you're you definitely a little sleep deprived. Um, what's as your son grows older, have you thought about like what's like the maybe one most important thing you want him to know about his father? Like what's like if you could impart one thing about you to him, like what do you want that to be? Um, I would say the main thing I would want him to know is like it's always a it's always another way to view it. Hmm. You know, it's, it's always another way to view it. Like you're gonna you're gonna go through certain things that's out of your control. And you get to choose to be furious or you can choose to learn from it and say, you know what, I can be better from this. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that conscious decision that happens so fast to say, I'm going to look at it this way, I'm going to look at it that way. It, just like that. And once you get used to doing it, now that's muscle memory. I'm always doing that. 
So I want them to understand that like, you're going to go through stuff. You're going to you, you're going to have ups and downs. You're gonna you're gonna have you know failing grades sometimes. You're gonna you're gonna have those times when you fail a test. You're gonna have those times when you pass a test. But understand, do you like passing? Or do you like failing? Mm-hmm. You know, I I I got a, a a stepdaughter. She she she's the oldest, and I just tell her all the time like seeing her progress in school now is is it's amazing because I see how it's like she'll be so upset when she get a bad grade. You know, then it's like, oh, I don't want to do this no more. Like, no, nah, you can look at it differently. Say that you don't want this feeling no more, so I'm going to get a better grade. And then when she come home, like, I got this. I say, okay, you, you felt that, right? You felt that juice? Mm. You felt that juice when you jumped in, you showed me the paper? You want to feel that again? Yeah, go do it again. It's yeah. a different way to look at it. If you, you can hold on to that bad feeling and be like, you know what, I'm just going to just give up from here. But you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to change this. And I'm gonna I'm go I'm gonna go get that feeling I'm looking for. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it, so that's, tr- it, it's true. It's just so true. true, especially for like when we're kids. And I was thinking about it, like just being on the other side. Like you know, it in my school used to bring in like motivational speakers all the time, right? And it would be yeah when when you get put in that position initially, you sit down in whatever the auditorium or whatever it is, and you're like, I don't want to listen to this person. You know, I don't care what they have to say because as a kid, when you're growing up, you're like, I whatever is on my mind is the most important thing to me in the world. Yes, right. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Like there. if it's that test that, that your stepdaughter is thinking about, like whatever it is. And so I think that's such an important lesson for kids because a lot of times we don't understand that perspective until 10 years later when we're 25 and we're like, Oh yeah. Like that thing actually is not important whatsoever. Like yes. whatever that, you know, the, the, the girl that I was talking to in seventh grade, not liking me at the time, uh, there, there it comes out there, <laughs> me, but, it, but after the fact, it didn't really matter. Right. Like, or that game that I played in seventh grade basketball or whatever it is. And so I think like, if you teach that, then it becomes a learned behavior really young and you're, yeah. you're better dealt with adversity and you, you understand opportunity in a different way. So I think that's, that's like, that's incredibly great. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it more. Yeah, and it comes I about think, the journey, not about the results, which is like always something that people talk about. But it's it's an important message. Yeah. The the Eric Thomas bit that I was kind of referring to about Buster Douglas, the way he describes it, like when Buster Douglas goes to fight Mike Tyson, his mom dies maybe a couple days or a couple weeks before the fight, and rather than yeah, get him in here, let's go. That's what we want to see. Yeah. <laughs> when right before Buster Douglas goes to fight Mike Tyson, his mother dies, and rather than like give up and not fight, he chooses to live for mom and fight for mom. Like so, yeah. in that moment, he describes like that choice. Like I think you know, obviously, you win the inspiration award, and there's so many things. Obviously, with your motivation, you know, playing football with one hand is making it to the NFL is so crazy. But I'm sure you of all people know how many different times in your life you could have chosen to give up or chosen to use it as an excuse or chosen to use it to take you in a different path rather than choose it to motivate you and elevate you, you know, and use it to your advantage almost. Yeah, I mean, that's why I kind of give – are you talking, boy? <laughs> I, honestly, I always give a tribute to my family because I feel like having a support system that made you believe in something. That's why I feel like my journey through life was able, what led me to be able to have these conversations, talk about it, be motivational because I learned from somebody. I always tell people I'm like a sponge. I can learn from any and everybody, no matter what age it is, no matter how old you, I can learn. You know, I can see it. In, I can see it in the different views. Like how do I, how do I apply? How it works for me. And 
I get true to my family because it was times where I was in school. I got kicked out of school. The coach, the head coach brought me in the office. And like, I don't think this, this is going to be the spot for you. I think you may be a distraction to your brother. Not then he get in trouble. Nothing happened. He was just like, I want to see if your brother can progress without you. Mm-hmm. I got sent home. I was working, towing cars, working with my dad, cleaning buildings, working with my older brother. And then every single day, my brother would call me and he would say, hey, brother, you, you working out? So I used to work my job from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. I used to go train from seven, uh, from 6.30 to 7.30. And then I used to go clean at this Dodge building from 8.30 to 12.30 at night. And between the time of 6.30, my brother would call me. Uh, you working out? You, you working out? Keep going. Keep going. Work out. You working out? Every day. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Even though I didn't, even though I may didn't want to, because he called every day, I was gonna do it. So he believed in something that's like, you keep going, like you ain't finna stop. I had a conversation with my older brother when I was cleaning the building. I had a little moment where it's just like, I can't believe this is my reality. And he was just like, don't get used to this. At the time, it may not make sense, but when you think about it now, it's just like, he said, don't, if this is not your reality, don't get used to this reality. Don't mm-hmm. get used to it. Mm-hmm. So, Pick me back up, like, nah, don't get used to this. Like, you keep doing what you need to do. And then when I had my moment, it was no more looking back. Like, I, I get it now. I just need to believe in myself and just go. Mm-hmm. And just go, and just go, and just go. And don't look back. Take my chances. Just go. Yeah. You know, and when you when you, when you you fear them failures and you still have somebody else believing in you, sometimes I tell you, it'll wake, it'll wake you up. And that's what happened. It woke me up. And then you get older, and I'm going to the league now, and I'm... I'm Around all these vets, I'm learning from them too about believing. It's a reminder every, every each generation. It's a reminder, another reminder on why the energy around where you at has a direct effect on how things go. Literally. Yeah, not like almost like not letting someone else's opinion of you, or not letting your situation that you know you don't appreciate become your reality. Mm-hmm. It only becomes your reality if you choose it. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, and like your opinion of yourself too, right? Like yeah. being willing to actually 100%. listen to what other people have to say and sponge, like you said you did. Like you got to be open. It's, to a, that. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's another vulnerability when it comes to being open to learning from somebody. Yeah. You know, I also used to I also used to playing ball, where it's just like I knew I I knew I was going through stuff and had vulnerable stuff about me, but I was always taught to be Mister Tough, Mister Ed. You got to be crazy to play this game. Like you got to be able to. Yeah, that's that's it. And then now, you know, having kids, you know, being able to see it different is just like I tapped into something that's like, whoa. There is more to just being Mr. Like you can you can yeah. teach something here. You can help somebody here. Like share your experience and, and, and open up somebody else's experience. You're like, how can I learn from that? How can I say, you know what, that ain't my reality. Let's cut it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, and, and, you know, like moving inch by inch, you know, away from it too. And like making those incremental changes, like eventually gets you away from that reality that you feel uncomfortable in and into the place you actually, yeah. Yeah. In that place you actually want to be. Um, all right. We do this with all our guests called a two minute drill. We're going to fire some questions at you. All right. Okay. You're going right. to give some, you give some quick answers. You can elaborate if you want to, but they're pretty much generally quick answer questions. All right. All right. Who's your funniest teammate you've ever had? Funniest teammate I ever had probably was uh, Demontre Moore. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Most underrated player you played with? Most underrated player I played with. Wow. You got to think about it. Um, most underrated. Maybe um, I would go back to college. It was a, a right receiver, Josh Reese, that I grew up with. Mm. Well, not grew up with, but he was one of the older guys when I came. And I feel like his the, – some of the, the things that you see now, he was doing it then. I feel like a lot of times, depending on the team you had, depending on the situation, folk get overlooked. So. Mm. Nice. You gotta look that up. Anybody look him up? Y'all see it. Love that. Uh, who is the best player you played with? Best player I played with. I was I gotta say. I don't know. Man. I played with some dogs. <laughs> <laughs> played with some dogs. I, oh man, that's that's tough. I feel like best player I played with. I would say Earl Thomas. Ooh, but okay. got, just because I couldn't choose between Bobby and KJ because obviously they 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 I, I was in the same position room with them, so it's just like that's it is of course I choose one of them, but I just feel like in the moment where he did come play and and did his thing, I was I was amazed. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying you you, you can, it, it can be you can become a fan quick of just being around the guys that you see doing unbelievable stuff. You be like, oh, how you did that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I, I that was pretty cool to watch him watch him ball out for sure. So I was gonna ask you to rank these four players Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor. Um I was a fan of Cam Chancellor, so I'll put him at one. Um I put um um I gotta put Bobby and KJ up there because those just those just my guys. Yeah, <laughs> those are just my guys, and then I go <laughs> with the sermon, and then Earl. Wow, yeah. yeah, that a lot of a lot of a lot of dogs come through Seattle. A lot yeah, of I was, I, it, hey, I was a, I was a fan of Cam growing up. Like obviously a lot of people were, and yeah. I played safety then too. So it was just like. Yeah, he went crazy. <laughs> he went crazy for sure. Uh, I don't know if he would do well in this this uh, era of uh, pitter patter football where you can get uh, penalized for anything. Yeah, I would have been allowed the penalties. Yeah, <laughs> he would have been getting injected out the game. Yeah, we always say yeah, that Derwin James had, plays a different era. Yeah. Oh yeah, he got to hold back. That's the crazy part. Uh, yeah. most rewarding moment off the football field. Most rewarding moment off the football field, having a dream. Yeah, nice. I Love mean, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was about to say. I think we're looking he, at he, it he, right he, now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, opened, he opened he opened up another door that I didn't think I had. So. Love that. Uh, and then we always ask everyone this: it could be from you playing, watching anything your whole life. What is your favorite sports memory ever? Um. Uh, me and my brother sacked on Aaron Rodgers in the playoff game. <laughs> yeah, that was that honestly was like, one of the quickest like response. That was a quick response, dude. I sent on a cake to just like, wow, this really happened, huh? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you say anything? When after the play or during the play? We, after, we talked yeah. about it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We celebrated right then and there. We was going crazy on the sideline. Even after the game, like even though we lost, like, folks, like, 
<laughs> nah, it, it was cool, man. It was it, it was cool. Seattle, Seattle is a different energy, man. It, it, it's a blessing to be there, honestly. Like, mm. if folk been in Seattle, go to other places. Like, they'll see like they in Seattle. I'll tell you, like, yeah, uh, coaches. Everybody will say like it's it's different everywhere else. Like, it definitely is. Like going to different teams, you know. Sometimes coaches and the the organizations be going through stuff. Like, we see that all the time. Like. Things happen. Coach be about to sue organizations. Like this stuff happens. Like when you go to places, bro. Like it's not the same. Like organizations really be going through stuff. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't yeah. the same. Like everyone, bro. That's twelfth. The twelfth man. It's real. It's real. Sure, hundred percent real. Absolutely. Well, Shakim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Congrats on everything that you've been got going on. Congrats on the baby. Uh, and keep it going, man. We'll be looking out for motivational Mondays. Go check those out. Those are great. We've been seeing those. Uh, really cool stuff, brother. Uh, and we'll be in touch, man. Thank you for joining the show. Fisher DeSopolis, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. Hit your free throws with a charity stripe. We'll see you guys next time. Appreciate you guys, man. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.